Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. All right, I have an amazing announcement to make. I've held this back for a long time. I know many of you have requested an ad-free version of the Savage Nation podcast. Well, how would you like to join this exclusive club that I'm starting up now? It's dedicated to borders, language, and culture. You already listen to the Savage Nation podcast, and I really appreciate that. We're making a difference. Well, now there's a new offer I'm going to tell you about. After months of careful consideration and preparation... We've come up with a premium offering called the Savage Exclusive. What does it include? 100% commercial-free podcast, no ads. 26 years of the most requested Savage shows and portions of shows. The great monologues, the poems, the stories, the nutty callers, exclusive Savage soliloquies, and the Savage library of shows, some of which date back to 1994 on KSFO. You're not going to believe this. We're going to give you the most requested Savage shows of the past, such as The Death Poem, The First Savage Trump Interview, White Male Inventions, Apathy and Jazz, and many, many more. Plus, you're going to get fresh, original Michael Savage features you cannot hear on the basic podcast, such as a look behind the scenes of how we actually make a podcast, all of us talking with each other, readings from my novels and books, travels around my hometown, as I tell you what it's like to walk through San Francisco today, all of the above for less than the cost of one drink in a bar per month. So listen, if you still believe in borders, language, and culture as the guiding principles of this great nation, as I do, please consider joining the Savage Exclusive Club. Please know we will never dilute the basic podcast you get on your podcast service every week with my news, views, reviews, and special topics. If you did not join the exclusive club, you will still get the basic podcast absolutely free. Details will be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com. There's lots more for me to tell you about. I'm going to give you a link right now. And if you want to join, all you got to do is go to glow.fm slash savage premium glow.fm slash savage premium glow.fm slash savage premium if you click on it you're going to see a cartoon of me join savages exclusive club with the rate and you just click and you join you're going to love it i appreciate it very much i hope you join the savage exclusive club thank you for listening savage sneezing coughing itchy skin that's, you know, maybe an allergic reaction. Everyone's heard about them. Someone in your family may be uh, highly allergic as I am. I've been allergic to roses and um, various foods my whole life. So I've been interested in, in this stuff of histamines and antihistamines. 
in the extreme, kids have died from eating peanuts. And you say, oh, it's all bull crap. No, it isn't all bull crap. And today we're going to talk about this. You say, why do I have to not have peanuts on an airplane just because some idiot in the back says they're allergic to them? Isn't it a bunch of crap? And how come there were no allergies when my grandfather was alive? Well, let's not worry about your grandfather right now and why allergies may or may not be more prevalent today. There are people who will die even inhaling the scent of peanuts. They are that sensitive and the reaction of the body is that grave. So let's talk about it for a minute. You say, oh, I take an antihistamine or my mother takes an antihistamine. I don't even know what it is. What's a histamine? Okay, so let's start with the histamine. A histamine is a chemical found in some of the body cells. And the histamines cause many of the symptoms of allergies. Sneezing, running nose, itching. So when a person is allergic to a particular substance, dust, food, etc., the immune system, that's your body's police force, it's military, the body's military, the immune system, mistakenly believes that this usually harmless substance, okay, food or dust, usually harmless substance is actually harmful to the body. So the immune system in an attempt to protect the body, starts a chain reaction that prompts some of the body cells to release a chemical called histamine and other chemicals into the bloodstream. The histamine then acts on a person's nose, eyes, throat, lungs, skin, or GI tract, causing symptoms of allergies. Now, you've probably heard of antihistamine medications. What do they do? We're going to talk about that today because antihistamines can be lifesavers because they help fight symptoms caused by the overrelease of histamine during an allergic reaction. So what is histamine itself? You say, what are histamines? Histamines is, as I said, involved in local immune responses. It's an organic nitrogenous compound. It doesn't mean much to the average person. It's not that important to know. It has a chemical structure, C5H9N3, called an organic nitrogenous compound. And it works in local immune responses. And it also regulates physiological function in the gut and acts as a neurotransmitter for the brain, spinal cord, and uterus. It's a very profound chemical. But histamine is involved in the inflammatory response, meaning how we respond to things, and is an important mediator for itching. So is it all negative? What do they actually do that we need? And why does the body have them? And why do some people have more than others? Now, let's look at that for a moment because we're in allergy season right now, and some of us are suffering severely. I am, for example. So as has been written, histamines are like bouncers at a nightclub, and they help your body to get rid of something that may be bothering you, called an allergen. And so the body then releases histamines, right? Well, what happens is when your body comes across a trigger or an allergy, right? The histamines help your body get rid of them. They get rid of the allergens. The histamines start the process that gets these allergens out of the body or off of your skin. And what happens is you sneeze, itch, tear up, right? You get clogged up. And that's your immune system or defense system at work. So when you have allergies, as I do, and many of you do, obviously, it's a very big thing. And we'll talk about why I think there are more people with allergies today. Okay, so you come across an allergy, a trigger. A chemical signal is sent to mast cells in your skin, lungs, nose, mouth, gut, and blood. Histamines are released, which are stored in the mast cells. So when histamines leave the mast cells, they increase blood flow in the area of your body that the allergen has affected. That causes inflammation. And then other chemical compounds produced by your immune system are brought in to do the repair work. And then what happens is the histamines lock onto special places called receptors in your body. You've heard of opioid receptors. Well, these are histamine receptors, right? And so what happens? Let's say your nose was affected by pollen. Histamines alert the thin walls called membranes to make more mucus, and you get a stuffy or runny nose, and you'll sneeze. That's your body's attempt to get rid of the allergens. Of course, the mucus that's built up can also make you cough. Histamines can also make your eyes and nose itch. But what about food allergies? 
Food allergies, okay, are also very serious. Let's say you eat something or drink something you shouldn't. Now, we'll talk about it, foods uh, and such that are known to provoke allergy responses. So you eat a food, let us say it's dairy. That will cause your intestinal tract to trigger your allergic reaction. But there are some foods, never mind allergens, there are some foods that are high in histamines. And we'll talk about them. Red wine, for example, fermented food, aged foods, kimchi. Some people are sensitive to that. What about histamine poisoning? Did you know that it can happen if you eat fish that were not kept at safe temperatures and spoiled before you ate the fish? What happens is the fish can build up high levels of histamines, which can get you really sick. And this is called a type of poisoning, scombrotoxin fish poisoning. So be careful. Many plants and animals have histamines. They're found in insect venom in many cases. And what happens if you're stung or bitten by a bee or an ant or another insect? Your body releases histamines as part of your defenses, and that's what causes the inflammation. All very, very important reactions. So those are histamines, but what about antihistamines? Very important that we talk about the antihistamines in a minute. But what is a histamine reaction? That's an important one. What is a histamine reaction? That's an important one because many of you are taking antihistamines, and I want to get into that in a minute. There's a very, very good article on this which is from the ncbinimnih.gov. They have some of the best articles around. There are other sites that have very good articles too. But it's a great article on histamine intolerance, the current state of the art that was written in August of 2020 in this medical journal, U.S. National Library of Medicine, NIH. There's some great work being done here. I'll read you the abstract. Histamine intolerance, also known as enteral histaminosis, or sensitivity to dietary histamine is a disorder associated with an impaired ability to metabolize ingested histamine that was described at the beginning of the 21st century. Although interest in histamine intolerance has consistently grown in recent years, more scientific evidence is still required to help define, diagnose, and clinically manage this condition. And so they write an article and they talk about histamine intoxication and analysis of uncertainties and whatnot. And it's about food intolerance, histamine intolerance, Histamine intoxication, diets, food supplements. And I'm going to skip to the chase on what's important to you listening to this podcast today. What about histamine in foods? It varies all over the place. And I want to give you a list of foods that have uh, histamines that may be of interest to you. Beer has one of the highest histamine contents. Red wine has a much higher content. I can give you the numbers, but it wouldn't matter. Let's say red wine is off the charts in terms of uh, histamine content in different food categories. Put on the top of that list red wine, then go to beer. So let's say red wine has 260, whatever the number may be. Histamine content, 260 milligrams per kilogram, 260 for red wine, top of the list. Beer would be at 176. White wine is at 83. I only drink white wine now. In the winter, it's funny, I can drink red wine in the winter when it's very cold. In the summer, I die from it. If I even drink white wine during allergy season personally, I get sick as hell from it. I have headaches all night, etc. And I didn't really know why. I kind of suspected it, but I didn't really know why. Then you have the spices to worry about, certain vegetables. Fish is a very, very, you know, allergenic compound. Shellfish, cheeses, and things of that nature. We'll talk about that. Now, I've given you, you know, a list of foods to avoid, and you probably know this if you're allergic through trial and error, but these following foods contain much higher levels of histamine than most foods. And you may not know it, but this list includes tomato ketchup, vinegar, frozen, salted or canned fish, tuna, sardines, and things of that nature. Anchovies are the worst. Spinach, eggplant, tomatoes, fermented grains, which would include sourdough bread. If you live in California, it's very popular. Avoid it. Fermented soy products such as miso, soy sauce, tempa. Don't eat it. You know about wine, beer, alcohol, champagne. Don't take them during allergy season. And avoid cured or fermented meats such as sausages, salami, fermented ham, poison, kombucha, big health food thing. Avoid it. Avoid sauerkraut, kimchi, pickles, pickled vegetables. Avoid fermented dairy products such as aged cheeses. Yogurt, avoid it. Sour cream, avoid it. Buttermilk, avoid it. Kefir, avoid it. Would you believe it? All good foods 
But during allergy season, avoid these foods because they have higher levels of histamine. We need to take a quick break. We'll be right back on the Savage Nation podcast. Michael Savage, a host like no other. I want to move down in this chemical article, not to get into the chemistry and all of that. It's not that interesting. But um, some of the symptoms of histamine intolerance would be rhinitis, nasal congestion, sneezing. In your GI tract, you can feel bloating, flatulence, diarrhea, abdominal pain, constipation, nausea. In the skin, you'll get flushing, eczema, swelling, and such, as you may know. And that's an example of histamine intolerance. That's because your histamine receptors are overreacting. Very important that we move on here. And there are drugs that are being used. I I take one. I'm not going to push it. They should advertise on the show, but it doesn't matter. But I want to go down to the foods. I think that would be of most interest to you right now. So we're going to continue now talking about histamine and foods and what foods to avoid. And I've told you some of them. Beer, wine, strawberries, citrus fruits, fermented cabbage that you'd find in kimchi, tomatoes, spinach, dry dry fermented meat products, canned and semi-preserved oily fish like sardines and such, any oily fish, grated cheese, cured and semi-cured cheese. These are foods you should avoid if you're on a low histamine diet. And of course, fresh foods are very important because histamine increases in foods as they age. So you can consume meat and fish if you're on a low histamine diet as long as their freshness is ensured. Fermented products should be excluded because they probably contain histamine in large quantities. Other foods you should avoid would be spinach, eggplant, tomatoes for the same reason. They're mostly eliminated in most published low histamine diets. Now, it's interesting that there are certain foods that do not contain histamine, but patients associate with the appearance of symptoms when they eat them. And that's an interesting question. And it's probably related to their content of other biogenic amines, such as putrescine and cadaverine. Isn't that an interesting one? Cadaverine, which act as competitive substrates for DAO and may therefore inhibit or slow down intestinal degradation of histamine if there's enough of it present. So the onset of symptoms after people eat citrus fruits, mushrooms, soybeans, bananas, and nuts could be due to high levels of other amines. You hear other amines other than histamine, other amines such as putrescine and cadaverine. These are interesting words, putrescine, putrefy, flesh putrefies, cadaverine, do I have to tell you what a cadaver is? And so people sometimes react to foods that don't contain histamines per se, but they contain other amines. As I mentioned, citrus fruits, mushrooms, soybeans, bananas, and nuts may have high levels of other amines, especially putrescine. So you've got to be careful. And people have been triggered by papayas, kiwis, strawberries, pineapples, and plums. Because these foods, or fruits in this case, have been reported to trigger the release of endogenous histamine, although the mechanism in which it does it has not yet been found. But you should know that a low histamine diet has worked in many, many clinical studies, and you should look into it. Don't just take drugs. It's very important you know you can control your symptoms, such as chronic headache, other symptoms, itching, sneezing, blah, 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 by controlling your foods. And I'm going to talk about antihistamines eventually because they're important to know to, to know what they are. They're phenomenal. I've taken antihistamines now, and I hate drugs. I hate medication. And you cannot take certain antihistamines that contain Sudafed in them if you have a heart condition, for example. So there's different types of antihistamines to take. Side effects of antihistamines. This is a very important part of today's podcast. There's no such thing as a free lunch when it comes to drugs, and that includes the antihistamines, including the one that I'm taking on an intermittent basis. Phrases such as blind as a bat, dry as a bone, red as a beet, mad as a hatter, hot as a hair. What do they mean? These are all affected by antidepressants, of course, but also these drugs I've been mentioning, these antihistamines. Blind as a bat means blurred vision, dilated pupils. Dry as a bone means dry mouth and skin. 
Red as a beet means flushing. Mad as a hatter means confusion, delirium. Hot as air means hyperthermia. There are other issues, urinary retention, difficulty urinating in male patients with enlarged prostates. And this retention can increase the risk of urinary tract infections, especially in women. Now, the first generation sedating antihistamines are actually the most dangerous, especially for older people. I can give you a brand name. I mean, many people know what it is, but be very careful with them because you can wind up so sedated that you can't function, especially in older adults who need these medications. The newer generation do not cause as much drowsiness, but there are other issues to watch out for, including dementia. And I would suggest, since we know that an estimated 25% of patients over the age of 65 have some type of cognitive decline that may not even be obvious or recognized, when you take a highly anticholinergic medication, such as the type we are talking about, patients with these symptoms may present with symptoms that resemble those of dementia which could lead to an inappropriate diagnosis of clinical dementia. So, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch, as I said. Delirium and hallucinations can also result from the use of anticholinergics, including sedating antihistamines, and those would be the first-generation antihistamines, without mentioning a brand name. And patients who receive these medications are at risk of being prescribed antipsychotic medications on top of the anti-allergy medication. Be very careful. Cognitive decline, falls, behaviors such as hallucinations, delirium, and agitated aggressive behaviors can result in such older patients being hospitalized or admitted to long-term care facilities for the wrong reasons, as a matter of fact. So, in other words, the first-generation antihistamines, the ones that people sometimes take to put themselves to sleep, can be very, very dangerous, especially in older patients. It could cause significant patient harm. Very, very important that you understand this because people can misdiagnose this in themselves or even in the hospital, and then they can be called psychotic and be put into a long-term care home without knowing it's a result of taking some of these antihistamines. Very important that there are risks of even over-the-counter medications that should be discussed. Again, there are consideration for older adults who have some cognitive decline, and again, you have to look into this with your doctor. I am not prescribing or not prescribing medication on this podcast. But we do know that antihistamine medications, which block histamine effects, have some side effects. And some of these side effects, including the first generation or sedating antihistamines, or even the second generation H1 receptor blockers or non-sedating antihistamines, have some side effects that you should be very careful about, especially those that affect the neurotransmitter acetylcholine. If I have confused you more than I have enlightened you, please discuss this with a doctor. Let's move on to the uh, background of some of these things and how to reduce histamine-associated symptoms, what you can do, and it could be a lifesaver for you if you are so allergic to peanuts, as you probably know, it can kill you. This is all important material for people who are allergic. Maybe you're bored to death because I'm not talking about Joe Biden and I'm not talking about the haters of America, but let's save that for another day. To me, they're like allergens in the political body. Joe Biden is a gigantic histamine reaction in this country right now. Every time he opens his mouth, he sets off a chain reaction in the body that is astounding. How this man went from being a so-called centrist, but wait a minute, I'm getting off track now. Joe Biden is a human histamine. Maybe I got your attention again. I got your back now. Okay, there are people who are human histamines. And I want you to understand that there are things you can do by going on to a low histamine diet, for example. So what is a low histamine diet? Let's make it simple. Let's move on. What is a low histamine diet and how does it work? Very important that we talk about that because if you're an allergic person, you want to reduce the amount of histamine and foods that you take in your body. It's like eating a bee sting, right? Or people allergic eating peanuts. But there are other foods that I've uh, touched on because many of us can handle histamine. I mean, it's a normal compound that is found in mast cells. 
Some have compared it to a bucket filling with water. Everyone has a different size bucket depending upon who they are and a variety of factors. And when the bucket is full and begins to overflow, symptoms occur. Gut health, meaning your GI tract, is an emerging factor that affects your personal response to various histamine-containing foods, okay? And I want to go into the foods because I think that would be the most useful for you, like a low-histamine diet, and that will help you minimize the overall amount of histamine that you're actually taking in from foods. So what are they? First of all, avoid fermented foods. What is a fermented food? Many of them are out there. You know what they are. And eat fresh foods because eating fresh foods helps minimize histamine production in the body. So what are low histamine foods? Here is a good list for you, okay? Low histamine foods depend upon where they come from. Fruit like blueberries, apricots, cranberries, apples, mango, and peaches. Vegetables like uh, onions, believe it or not, are low histamine. Sweet potatoes low, asparagus low. I hate asparagus. They make my urine smell, which is a normal reaction, by the way. Broccoli low, squash low, cucumbers low, beets low. You can eat butter, cream cheese, milk, eggs in small amounts. The egg whites may release histamine. The whites, believe it, yolks are safe. Isn't that a paradox? You're not supposed to eat yolks with the heart. That's nonsense. I think chickens have been let out of their cages myself. Freshly cooked meat and poultry, okay. Potatoes, corn, rice, oats, okay. Animal fats, okay. Herbs, okay. Salt, okay. Water, herbal tea, fruit juice, no citrus, okay. So that's what people say do not provoke a histamine response or allergic responses. But you've got to experiment with yourself. Many of you probably know what they are. Now, what about high histamine foods? Now, let's get down into what we really need to talk about. Things you must avoid during allergy season. All citrus fruits. Put an extra of them, strawberries, bananas, pineapple, pears, all the stuff that I love. You can't eat eggplant, I love it. Avocado, I love it. Tomatoes, I love them. Olives, I love them. Beans, I love them. Can't eat them. You can't eat cheese, yogurt, processed cheese, love them. You can't eat canned smoke, dried meats, fish, tuna, mackerel, anchovy, shellfish. I love shrimp, can't eat them. You can't eat sausage. You can't eat lunch meats, liver, unbelievable. Vinegar, avoid it. Soy sauce, avoid it. Hot spices, avoid it. I live on it. I go to Chinese restaurants. I say extra spicy. You know, there's a saying I've got. I should have begun with this. Let me finish this first. Beer, avoid it. Wine, avoid it. Pickled foods, kombucha, sauerkraut, kimchi, all good stuff. Hate it. Can't eat it. Get sick. Headaches. Itching. You're not supposed to have coffee. Really? I'm drinking coffee right now. Mm. I can't live without it. I don't think it provokes it in me, but I can't drink it. Alcohol. Well, I told you I can't have wine this time of year. I can have a little vodka, incidentally. It doesn't provoke it in me. I don't know about you. Orange juice, avoid it like the curse and uh, lemon water. So in other words, you can't eat anything. So my friends, to go on a low histamine diet is very challenging. And you got to be very careful because you're going to wind up eating nothing. I, I told someone about this diet and she said to me, good, so I'll eat nothing. What do you want me to eat now? Does the low histamine diet help? Yes, you can have dietary freedom, but you should watch out the foods that you eat. Watch for the foods you eat. And you may be able to eliminate the rashes, the headaches, the hives with a low histamine diet. Just use it during high allergy season. That's the main point, high allergy season. My great friend who has since passed away, Dr. Bob Cathcart III, taught me many, many years ago, we are addicted to that which we are allergic. And I said, what do you mean, Bob? He said, well, everything that we are allergic to, we're addicted to. So if you like wine, it's because you're allergic to wine. If you like peanuts, you're probably allergic to peanuts. I mean, it's amazing. He said, everything you're addicted to, we're allergic to. It's probably true psychologically as well, incidentally. But that's an interesting one, the addiction and allergy relationship. Now, we could talk a little bit about antihistamines, the differences. I take one that has, I'm going to tell you about it in a minute. I shouldn't do brand names. Some of them are a little dangerous. We'll be right back after this quick break. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. How do you get histamine out of your body? How do you clear histamine out of your body? Well, do not eat canned foods. Do not eat ready-to-eat frozen meals or fermented foods because they have higher histamine levels. So go to fresh foods. There's a reason people are eating fresh fruits and vegetables and such. Buy it fresh and cook it yourself instead of purchasing pre-cooked foods. Keep your meats refrigerated. Don't let them sit out on the counter to age them, okay? 
But how can you lower your histamine levels quickly? Well, I told you you can take an antihistamine, but knock out the foods that trigger you. I want to talk about people with peanut allergies and those who die from it. And also, what vitamins can you take that might break down histamine? We all know that there are vitamins that help us. For example, vitamin C helps enormously. It's been known for a long, long time that vitamin C helps enormously. And you shouldn't rely upon them because you have to understand that it may lower histamine levels, but it's not going to eliminate this problem. Be careful with over-the-counter medications. Even aspirin can provoke it. And I've told you, other factors include things like alcohol. Now, you know all the symptoms of histamine intolerance. I've given you some of them. Diarrhea, chronic headache, flushing in the head and chest. Irritable bowel syndrome could be an allergic reaction. Runny, itchy nose, red itchy or watery eyes. You know all of this, sneezing, shortness of breath, hives, very itchy skin. Anxiety could be related to it. Did you know anxiety could be an allergy? Stomach cramps or pain constipation, nausea, vomiting, gas, bloating, exhaustion all the time, dizziness, dry, patchy, scaly skin, eczema, an increased irregular heart rate, severe menstrual pain. But there are other less common symptoms, which include low blood pressure, could be a reaction, sleep problems, swollen lips, eyes, even the throat, tremors, loss of consciousness in severe cases. And we've talked about how diet plays a role in this and what to avoid. I don't have to go through the list again. Add cloves, cinnamon, chili powder, cherries. And I've been eating cherries like crazy off my tree. Would you believe this? And I'm wondering why I'm allergic. One of my trees came in bloom last week with the most beautiful cherries I waited all year. I've been eating the tree like crazy. I almost want to eat the cherry bark. And I'm wondering why I'm so allergic. <laughs> okay. What are you going to do? What can I do? What's am I supposed to eat now? What am I supposed to eat? I don't know. So I'll have to go on to a low histamine diet. And I will do so. But I'll give you some vitamins that you can take. Vitamin C helps lower histamine blood levels and helps DAO break down histamine. Vitamin B6, it's a miracle vitamin, pyridoxine, helps DAO break down histamine. Vitamin C, as I said, helps lower histamine blood levels. Copper, okay, helps raise DAO blood levels slightly and helps DAO break down histamine. Copper. Where do you find copper? What do you eat, a penny? Apricots, foods that are orange or red generally have copper in them. Magnesium can raise the allergic response threshold so it's not triggered at a low level. Manganese can enhance DAO activity. Zinc can help DAO break down histamine. Zinc may also have anti-inflammatory and anti-allergic properties. Interesting, during COVID, we we're all studying how vitamin D and zinc work to reduce the inflammatory reactions during COVID. Calcium can help reduce hives and skin flushing. Vitamin B1, vitamin B12, and folic acid are helpful. So take a multi-B complex. And of course, take antihistamine medication. Take DAO enzyme supplements. Avoid medicines associated with histamine intolerance, such as most anti-inflammatory and pain drugs. And watch out for corticosteroids. My friends, knowledge is power. Knowing what histamines are, what antihistamines are, what foods to avoid is very, very powerful. Well, I've gone on too long here now, but I want you to have more sympathy for people who say they're allergic to foods. Don't mock them or sneer at them and say they're weak or they're faking it. And don't say your grandfather didn't suffer from allergies. I don't even want to talk about that because I don't want to talk about why and how there seem to be more allergies today. Because it seems to me that there's more consciousness of it, and I don't think it's made up. You could say because the food quality is worse, the additives in our food, the environment itself is more toxic. It's all true. Airs, waters, and places. Aristotle wrote about them, and the airs are more polluted. The water we drink. You want me to go into water? Uh, one day I should do a whole thing on water and why we're all drinking bottled water and we're not drinking water from reservoirs with fluoride. I mean, there are people who say that fluorides are toxic and i believe it too and i've studied it over and over again so you want to go into water and fluorides you know drink bottled water but make sure the source of the bottled water why do some people almost die from peanuts i think we have to do that for a minute so we all know some people are allergic to foods and some people are so allergic they can die from it 
an allergic response to peanuts can produce an anaphylactic reaction in some sensitive people. In others, you may just get skin reactions, hives, redness, swelling, itching, or tingling in around the mouth and throat. You can get diarrhea, stomach cramps, nausea, or vomiting. I don't have a peanut allergy, for example. But you've got to be very careful with this. It can kill people. And it's one of the most common food allergies found in children in the United States. Why does it happen? Just a little note on that. What is a peanut allergy? It's actually the most common food allergy in children under age 18. It's the second most common food allergy in peanuts, poor old peanuts. So what happens when a person with a peanut allergy is exposed to peanut? Proteins in the peanut bind to specific IgE antibodies that are made by your own immune system. And subsequent exposure to peanut protein, let's say by eating them, triggers the person's immune responses and it leads to reaction symptoms that can be mild or very severe. Some people can die from it. And uh, by the way, peanuts are not the same as tree nuts, such as almonds, cashews, pistachios, walnuts, pecans, and others which grow on trees. But you should know that about 40% of children with tree nut allergies have an allergy to peanut. Peanuts grow underground and are part of a different plant family, the legumes. So being allergic to one kind of legume doesn't mean that you're allergic to the others, like peas, lentils, and soybeans. Please understand that. And there are people who are so allergic to peanuts, they can die from peanuts. Don't laugh at them. They're people who've died from peanuts on airplanes or in schools. It's frightening. But why do they die? What happens when they die? They were once a snack staple, and now they're off limits for many people, even adults. You go to a kid's birthday party, and you won't see peanuts anymore. Poor old peanut. When I was a kid, there was a thing called Mr. Peanut. He used to walk around in Manhattan in a peanut outfit. We all ate peanuts. Who ever thought about a thing like that? How did this happen? Well, I, again, we don't know exactly how it happened that everyone's suddenly more allergic to things. But an allergic response to peanuts can start within minutes of exposure. And they would produce symptoms such as heightening in the throat, shortness of breath, wheezing, hives, redness, tingling, itching in the mouth or throat, diarrhea, nausea, stomach cramps, vomiting, runny nose. A severe reaction will result in anaphylaxis. That's a life-threatening allergic reaction that needs immediate emergency treatment. Peanuts are one of the most common causes of such anaphylaxis. And so be very, very sensitive to this. People who have known peanut allergies, you probably know this, should carry an injector. And if you have allergy symptoms immediately, use your EpiPen, your epinephrine adrenaline injector, such as EpiPen or OVQ, and then call 911 even if you start to feel better. You may need emergency medical care because you may have another delayed reaction. Swelling of the throat makes it hard to breathe. Dizziness of fainting, you can strike your head. A big drop in blood pressure, you can die. A rapid pulse, you could have a heart attack. Blocked airways and you'll choke to death. Please don't make a joke of people who say that they have peanut allergies. Don't call them names, kids, if you're listening to this. Here's the good news. Peanut allergies may be lifelong for many people, but research is now finding that about 20% of children who have the allergy outgrow it eventually. So be sensitive. It doesn't matter how strong you are, how tough you are. The strongest person can have allergies. The strongest person can die from certain foods such as peanuts. So here we are, we've just talked about histamines, antihistamines, foods to avoid, and foods you can safely eat on today's podcast, The Michael Savage Podcast. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Let's now discuss the effects of histamines on migraine. I myself have been a migraine sufferer since childhood. I mean, crippling migraines which I learned to control through diet. In my case, it turned out to be sucrose triggered my migraines. But in your case, I don't know what triggers your migraines. We're going to talk about histamine and migraine, the other neurological effects of histamines, which are quite extensive, uh, Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease. We're going to talk about histamines and cytokine storms. You probably heard about them, especially with relationship to COVID. So let's begin briefly with histamine and migraines. What's the relationship, if any? We know that histamine can induce migraine attacks in migraine patients. That is quite severe, and people are looking into this. However, 
Antihistamines do not seem to work to prevent migraine attacks, by the way. So we just looked at histamines and migraines. Maybe it's of some use to the listeners to the Savage Nation podcast. You should know that histamines are actual neurotransmitters in the central nervous system. So they're not all bad. I mean, it's not like you want to eliminate all your histamines. And the fact is histaminergic neurons originate from the hypothalamus and project nerve signals to most parts of the brain. Studies of individuals after death have shown alterations in histaminergic systems in neurological and psychiatric diseases. For example, Alzheimer's disease patients who have been studied, they find that brain histamine levels are decreased in Alzheimer's disease patients, while abnormally high histamine concentrations are found in the brains of Parkinson's disease and schizophrenic patients. Let me say it again. Brain histamine levels are decreased in Alzheimer's disease patients, while high histamine concentrations are found in the brains of Parkinson's disease and schizophrenic patients. Low histamine levels are associated with convulsions and seizures. This is very interesting. So in other words, you don't want to kill yourself by eliminating your histamines or fighting your histamines. It's a dance. It's a very delicate dance. And you should understand that you're just trying to diminish the histamine reactions by eliminating the foods which provoke allergic responses, but not trying to destroy them altogether. The brain and the body are one. There's a drug that is used as an antipsychotic medication. It's called hydroxyzine. It's an antihistamine. It is approved for the treatment of anxiety. It is also used to treat difficulty sleeping, nausea, itching, and allergies. Okay? But be careful with it. Again, you don't want to destroy all of the histamines in your body. Lastly today, let's talk about histamines and cytokine storms because we've heard a lot about that with COVID, where people actually die from the cytokine storm rather than the COVID disease itself. Histamine, as I said, is found everywhere in the cells, and it's present in high concentrations in the lung, skin, and GI tract. It acts as a local mediator in the immune system, and it brings about complex physiological changes in the body. However, you have to understand that histamine release and roles of antihistamines in the treatment of cytokine storms is still emerging, especially with COVID-19. And if you want to look into more of that, I have a study on that, which is, again, from the NCBI NIH government publications. And I don't want to give you more of this than you need. You should know that cytokine storms can be controlled by controlling histamine release. That's all you need to know. Now let's move on to pets for one minute. There's an interesting article on mast cell cancer in dogs. Again, we uh, talked about mast cells. It's a type of a white blood cell found in many tissues of the body. They're allergy cells. They play a role in the allergic response. And when you or your animal is exposed to allergens, that is substances that stimulate allergies, mast cells release chemicals and compounds into your body. And one of these compounds is histamine, as we discussed earlier. We know it causes itchiness, sneezing, runny eye, and, and nose as allergies, in other words. However, when histamine is released in excessive amounts, they can cause full body effects all the way up to anaphylaxis, as in the case of peanuts for those hypersensitive. But what about mast cell tumors, MCT? It's a type of tumor consisting of mast cells. Mast cell tumors most commonly form masses or nodules in the skin. But mast cell tumors can also be found in other areas of the body, including the spleen, liver, intestine, and bone marrow. Mast cell tumors are the most common skin tumor. Most dogs with MCT only develop one tumor. What causes this cancer? People don't know why a particular dog may develop this or any cancer. Nobody knows. Very few cancers have a single known cause. Most seem to be caused by a complex mixture of risk factors. Some of them are environmental, some genetic, some hereditary. While any breed of dog can get mast cell tumors, certain breeds are more susceptible. MCTs are very common in boxers, Bull Terriers, Boston Terriers, and Labrador Retrievers, poor little babies. However, MCTs are actually one of the most treatable types of cancer. The low-grade tumors are simple to treat. 
And once your doctor finds them, they can probably do some surgery and control it. Surgery for lower-grade tumors provides the best long-term control, and chemo is not typically required for your pet. Radiation therapy is another option if the mass is not in a suitable location for surgical removal or if the surgical removal is incomplete with some cancerous cells left behind. Good luck with your pets. We all love them. This is the Michael Savage podcast. We're talking about allergies, histamines, and antihistamines. Home of borders, language, culture, the Savage Nation. You've heard a lot of information today about antihistamines and allergies. And I want to end today's podcast on a lighter note. Here is a wonderfully informative video from the NIH, U.S. Library of Medicine, entitled Histamine, the Stuff Allergies Are Made Of. This is good even for little children to listen to, so at least they understand what allergies are and what histamines do. And again, I'm not telling you to take antihistamines. I'm telling you to understand what allergies are, what histamines are. Thank you very much for listening. Histamine, friend or foe, or frenemy, from NIH Medline Plus magazine. Histamine, is it the most annoying chemical in the body? It's the stuff that allergies are made of. Hay fever, food allergy, skin allergies. Histamine plays a big role in all of them. And those conditions play a big role in us. In 2015, CDC data showed that more than 8% of U.S. adults had hay fever. More than 5% of U.S. children had food allergies, and at least 12% of all U.S. kids had skin allergies. So what's the deal? Why do we have such a pesky chemical in our body? Well, histamine is usually our friend. Histamine is a signaling molecule sending messages between cells. It tells stomach cells to make stomach acid. And it helps our brain stay awake. You may have seen these effects illustrated by medicines that block histamine. Some antihistamines can make us sleepy. And other antihistamines are used to treat acid reflux. Histamine also works with our immune system. It helps protect us from foreign invaders. When the immune system discovers an invader, Immune cells, called B cells, make IgE antibodies. The IgEs are like wanted signs that spread throughout the body, telling other immune cells about specific invaders to look for. Eventually, mast cells and basophils pick up the IgEs and become sensitized. When they come in contact with a target invader, they spew histamine and other inflammatory chemicals. Blood vessels become leakier, so that white blood cells and other protective substances can sneak through and fight the invader. Histamine's actions are great for protecting the body against parasites. But with allergies, the immune system overreacts to harmless substances, not parasites. This is when histamine becomes our foe. Common allergens include peanuts, pollen, and animal dander. Leaky vessels cause tearing in eyes, congestion in the nose, and swelling basically anywhere. Histamine works with nerves to produce itching. In food allergies, it can cause vomiting and diarrhea. And it constricts muscles in the lungs, making it harder to breathe. Most worrisome is when histamine contributes to anaphylaxis, a severe reaction that is potentially fatal. Swollen airways can prevent breathing and a rapid drop in blood pressure could starve organs of vital blood. So what can be done about histamine? Antihistamines block cells from seeing histamine and can treat common allergies. Medicines like steroids can calm the inflammatory effects of allergies, and anaphylaxis needs to be treated with a shot of epinephrine, which opens up airways and increases blood pressure. So our relationship with histamine is complicated. We can do better. NIH and specifically the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, NIAID, support research of histamine and its related conditions. Great progress is being made in understanding allergy triggers and managing allergic symptoms and figuring out why histamine, our frenemy, acts the way it does. Find out specific up-to-date research and stories from medlineplus.gov 
and NIH Medline Plus the magazine. Medlineplus.gov forward slash magazine. And learn more about NIAID research at niaid.nih.gov. If I have confused you more than I have enlightened you, please discuss this with a doctor. Savage. All right, I have an amazing announcement to make. I've held this back for a long time. I know many of you have requested an ad-free version of the Savage Nation podcast. Well, how would you like to join this exclusive club that I'm starting up now? It's dedicated to borders, language, and culture. You already listen to the Savage Nation podcast, and I really appreciate that. We're making a difference. Well, now there's a new offer I'm going to tell you about. After months of careful consideration and preparation, we've come up with a premium offering called the Savage Exclusive. What does it include? 100% commercial-free podcast, no ads. 26 years of the most requested Savage shows and portions of shows. The great monologues, the poems, the stories, the nutty callers, exclusive Savage soliloquies, and the Savage library of shows, some of which date back to 1994 on KSFO. You're not going to believe this. We're going to give you the most requested Savage shows of the past, such as The Death Poem, The First Savage Trump Interview, White Male Inventions, Apathy and Jazz, and many, many more. Plus, you're going to get fresh, original Michael Savage features you cannot hear on the basic podcast, such as a look behind the scenes of how we actually make a podcast, all of us talking with each other, readings from my novels and books, travels around my hometown, as I tell you what it's like to walk through San Francisco today, all of the above for less than the cost of one drink in a bar per month. So listen, if you still believe in borders, language, and culture, as the guiding principles of this great nation, as I do, please consider joining the Savage Exclusive Club. Please know we will never dilute the basic podcast you get on your podcast service every week with my news, views, reviews, and special topics. If you did not join the Exclusive Club, you will still get the basic podcast absolutely free. Details will be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com. There's lots more for me to tell you about. I'm going to give you a link right now. And if you want to join, all you got to do is go to glow.fm slash savage premium. Glow.fm slash savage premium. Glow.fm slash savage premium. If you click on it, you're going to see a cartoon of me. Join Savages Exclusive Club with the rate. And you just click and you join. You're going to love it. I appreciate it very much. I hope you join the Savage Exclusive Club. Thank you for listening. Ah!